This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. <laughs> DJ was like, all right, get ready. Leader of the team, leader of the five, green flag. I was like, oh. You're now listening to the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy. Check out Dale Jr.'s signature Dirty Mo sunglasses from Spy at spyoptic.com. All right, with Mike Davis and Amanda Wolfmeyer, I am Taylor Zarzer. I want to go back to the very beginning of this podcast when he was uh, imitating TJ Spotting. I like that. Sounds like he was uh, imitating somebody that might have been in the restroom. Yeah. Because it seemed like TJ sort of half-assed that whole hmm. uh, that restart there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's a theory. I'm just saying. you got to throw it out there. Conspiracy theory. Well, you missed it last week. Uh, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. TJ announced a moment he had in uh, where, where Martinsville. Martinsville yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. actually caught that. The, that uh, that the, was disturbing. Yeah. the uh, Everybody wants lights in the night race in Martinsville. TJ might be the only person that doesn't want lights. Right. Let's just say that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I caught that. That was yeah. disturbing. Because it, it's so dark up there at the end of that race. Uh, it was to his benefit, I guess. But uh, we miss our boy this week. He is hilarious every time we have him on uh, the download. But I tell you what, Mike, as uh, Junior tweeted about on Sunday night, and that car was bad fast. I mean, passing over 100 cars on Sunday, some of that was circum- a lot of that was circumstantial of why he had to pass so many cars. But uh, it, is fu- it is so fun. I've said this a thousand times. It's so fun to watch the 88 mow through a field of race cars, and he did plenty of that at Texas Motor Speedway. He was uh, rim riding around that thing and yeah. passing cars so fast. And then when he got up to the front, then all of a sudden he has an issue and he goes back and just does it all over again. <laughs> yeah. And if you ever thought at any point of this race to just kind of go ahead and rule him out, as soon as you got that thought processed, there he is back in 10th. Uh, and, and that's when you realize, wow, he's making a lot of passes. And I made a comment and a joke on Twitter, but actually Mike Ford, uh, the you know loop dog, the stat guy in at NASCAR said that he had 110 quality passes. Actually, I don't know if it's a quality pass. I don't know how they define that. But he, I put it this way: he improved 110 positions in that race on Sunday. That's <laughs> that is really good. There's really something good. To say. That's something to be said for that. Pretty impressive stuff. Uh, as he had uh, quite the day, and his buddy, his teammate in the shop, uh, wins the race, and and that's certainly good for Hendrick Motorsports. As yeah. a Junior said last week, Junior was. A little frustrated, okay, maybe more than a little frustrated with uh, with the 24, but was very happy for the organization and all the people associated with the 24, including the driver. And if the 24 is going to win a championship, guess what? The 48 winning is good because with all due respect to Brad Keselowski, who's a junior uh, motorsports graduate. <laughs> yeah, well, so is Jimmy uh, Johnson. Yeah, kind that's of. true. Uh, yeah, he's he's yeah no he's he, been in he's a couple of races. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kislowski's certainly a lot more, but uh, he's on a different organization, and Kislowski is going to have to go win Phoenix more than likely to get into that final race in Homestead with a chance, and that improves Jeff Gordon's chances of winning the championship because that could be one less championship caliber driver that Hendrick Motorsports has to worry about. I mean, if you can keep the Penske cars out of that final round, you've done yourself a, a, a favor. I mean, they're, they're that good. Yeah. And can we just say, you bring up this whole Hendrick Motorsports thing. I think that we owe them uh, some due credit. Uh, because, listen, Hendrick Motorsports took their lumps this year. They took yeah. it on this podcast, for sure, uh, in, in Reaction Theater. And they went through a spell, obviously, past Daytona, where it looked like they had some serious problems. They were lacking serious speed. And that's just, you know, they take their lumps on the track. They were taking it in the newspapers. They were taking it everywhere. And here it is. They've won two in a row in the chase. And I, Granted, Jimmy's not eligible. But I'm just telling you, it looks like the organization wasn't in, in near uh, dire straits as they seemed to be or as, as we had them out to be looking for all the speed. Here it is. Jeff Gordon goes and wins Martinsville. Jimmy Johnson wins Texas. Uh, and – here it is. They peeled off two wins. I mean, we wrote Jimmy Johnson off, and yet what was that? What number of wins does he have now? Is it That's his fifth. Fifth, fifth win, win of the this year. year. You make a good point. Only one of those Penske cars is going to get in at, right. at best. At best. Only, at, at, maybe zero will get in. Uh, one of them is going to have to win, obviously, in Phoenix in order to get to uh, the next round. So. That is a you know that's that's something certainly to pay attention to, and I know uh, a lot of people as we were. 
uh, on last week with Travis uh, in the show, on the show who did a great job. Yes, he did. He uh, he uh, he's got so many. You know, all those guys are his guys. They're all you know have all worked with each other. So uh, certainly, if you cheer well, for the guys that are part of the '88 team, you should cheer for those guys too. I, I debated on whether I even wanted to ask you this, Taylor, because uh, I, I don't want to know. I don't know if I want to get you riled up at the beginning of the podcast, but. If we're talking about all these guys making it the final round, you know one guy that's looking yeah. really good is yeah. uh, that number eighteen. And I know you have strong feelings about this. Well, I just don't. I, no, I mean, I I think again, it's incredibly unfortunate what happened to Kyle Busch at the beginning of the year, but he missed eleven races. And I just my whole thought on that is that a couple of things. First of all, Mike, we talked about this at length a couple of weeks ago when it affected. The 88. It just feels because they only had, they weren't doing as many green flag restarts as, as we've seen in the past at Talladega. They change the rules, it seems, as they go. And they're making special considerations for Kyle Bush that they may not make for somebody else if they had missed 11 races during the season. I know he won a bunch of races. So, yeah, it, it really will feel unusual, but I'm not going to go crazy. And then the reason I'm not going to go crazy. Mike, the, this playoff system already feels kind of weird and wacky. <laughs> and I understand that it it makes us all react, and that's what NASCAR wants. Uh, but, you know, listen, Joey Logano won three races in a row, although one of them, uh, Nicholas Cage's reaction to how hard we would laugh at him really winning Talladega if they would have let Junior keep going. But he won three straight races. I mean, Kevin Harvick was destroying the field early in the year. You know, like it, to suggest that, Whoever wins that Homestead race was really the best driver of 2015. No matter what, I think we're going to feel kind of awkward about it, you know? You're right. And, you know, my, my opinion about that is sort of still evolving, and I've noticed that it's changed a little bit in this playoff system this year. And, and you know why? Because I've always said in every other sport – that you've got a playoffs and you can go undefeated, like uh, you know the Patriots could go undefeated in the uh, yeah. in the NFL and then lose in a playoff game or a division title game, and that's just the way it is. But here's the one thing that I've that has sort of helped me to another little viewpoint, and that is, if they lose that playoff game, they mm -hmm. have something to do with that, and it was still in their control, and they got beat by a better team usually, and that's and that's just the way the cards fell. But this one seems like even the ones that are running fast, a lot of times are just it's out of their control. And yeah, I, and and I know that racing is that there there, you know, like Days of Thunder, control is an illusion in racing. You're not in control of anything. You can be wrecked at any time. I got that, but it has sort of made me think this year, uh, especially th this year, especially how the best cars they just get knocked out, and and usually for not uh, not their own doing, the cars that were trying to get in and barely made it in, are now in, in position to contend for a championship at Homestead. You know, and Gordon, you could even make the argument that Gordon had no reason winning that Martinsville race uh, because of, you know, Kenza the took Kenza Logano thing. out, yeah. So here it is. So what do you got here? You got Gordon who could win a championship, and you got Kyle Busch that could win this championship. That's two of your four that are going to contend for the championship. Kurt Busch missed a couple of races. If he wins Phoenix, uh, then he'll be in, in Homestead. I will you know, give this. I'm not finding myself in a position to argue on behalf of Penske ever. But I will say this. If we're being completely objective, Logano and Kozlowski both deserve to be in that final four but based off of their full body of work this season. You know, th there's no question they do. But Dale Earnhardt Jr. deserves to be in this round probably more than Jeff Gordon does. You know, and Jeff Dale Gordon absolutely deserved to be in the <laughs> round of uh, eight. So, so that that's the thing. Like yeah. the whole the my point is is that I'm not going to be nearly as worked up about Kyle Busch because the whole playoffs seems weird and I wacky, and and that's why anything, just about anything that happens is going to feel awkward. Yeah, I'm not completely decided that these three spots we have left and the people sitting in them are going to be the people that are going to Homestead. No, I, I see what you're yeah. saying there. No, no, there is honesty. something. Yeah, that's a good – well, listen, you're right. No, this, this weekend, something crazy will happen again. Absolutely. Let's uh, get to Junior's race on Sunday. Started 10th, moved up to 5th, and uh, then had uh, some issues here at, at lap 50 – Dale gets the free pass after, as you said, he was rim riding, and uh, he hit the wall, the right rear, 
hit the wall two different times, uh, Mike. But he and he also fr- shredded a front tire. <laughs> this is on. Uh, this is on. He had a few things going on. It's a big day. This is a lot going on. To, this day. is lap forty-eight, and Dale is about to get the free pass. I will take the wave around. I reckon you're the lucky dog. Car one lap down here, so we should get the lucky dog. We only made one lap on this set of tires. You, you can either leave them on there, you can take them off and roll back up. We got uh, we got a little bit of I don't know. We got a little bit of smoke in the car. You don't think that that. Knock the crush panel loose, do you? We're all good there. Yeah, everything looked good inside that wheel wheel. Okay, guys. Uh, when we get the lucky dog, we're going to come back down, and we're going to uh, take the right side tire, right front tire off. We're going to uh, make sure there's no rubber wrapped around there. All right, Mike. After that restart, on lap 57, he was in 37th position. All right? That's right. He moves up to 16th by lap 85. In less than 30 laps... He had made up 21 spots. By lap 100, he was in 11th position. I mean, you talk about a guy that was absolutely glory, glory, hallelujah through the field. Good gracious. Yeah. He yeah. was flying around that place. He, he was super fast, and uh, that you know he was running lap times that at times TJ said that it was uh, quicker than the leaders. Yep. And it, it was obvious. The one thing that we should say about that, and Amanda brought this up uh, before we started taping today, is that how lucky we were to get that caution uh, in the first place uh, because it came out one lap after he he cut the tire down. Uh, So we we caught a break there, and that's nice when you catch a break and have a fast car at the same time. So uh, got us back on the lead lap, a lap after uh, we cut the tire down, and then he was able to go back to work and start passing cars. Yeah, and then uh, was blocked in by by Kurt Busch and his team. And that cost him a couple of spots. It was back to 13th. But at lap 105, he's 13th. 44 laps later, he's in third position. Again, just flying through the field. But hit the wall as he was, as oh, you said, he was so rim loose. riding. Like, I don't remember seeing a car that loose. And then when after he hit the wall, it looked like he was on roller skates. People were like, oh, he spun out on purpose. I was like, did you watch that car, how how loose it was uh, for, the, for the 10 laps after he hit the wall? I mean, it was ridiculous. He's down to uh, its 22nd position after hitting the wall, and here's what Greg and Junior had to say. Everybody, everybody over the wall that can make this car faster. I, what I want is change right side tires, keep the right side up for a little bit, clear that right rear quarter panel as much as you can, pull it out. We're not going to be on the deck lid or the quarter window. We want that piece on there laid nice, and I need you to start screwing that quarter panel piece on there. Once it's screwed on there, put the tire back on, let it down. I think we love hearing stuff like that. I yeah. mean, we, we've certainly seen Greg Ives grow with confidence and leadership as the year has gone on, and I think he's going to go into 2016 with the, the kind of experience and live bullets that you need at the cup level. I think the best part of that, though, is to don't go beating on the deck lid in the quarter panel if it's not necessary because we happen to have a really fast hot rod here. Let's not yep. go screw it up more by fixing a problem and making it where it's just <laughs> aerodynamically like a, like a dump truck. Uh, let, let, let's, let's think about this. And so I was glad to hear him say that. That was, that was very heads-up instruction by Greg there. And then at lap 195, he had gotten up to 23rd, and he was the first car a lap down. So he'd passed all the, the 12 or 13 cars that were a lap down within 23 laps and gotten the lucky dog again. So he'd pitted a couple times for the damage, came back, pitted for four tires, was in 22nd position on the restart at lap 203, and within 29 laps was back in the top 10 and got up back up to sixth. To see the car go through the field like that twice was remarkable. You know, one thing that we haven't we haven't uh, said is the the lack of practice that they had because of mm. weather. Yeah, and the fact that the rubber was all washed off of the track. Uh, all of this sort of played into the way this race developed, including the tire issues. And I know that we're going to uh, uh, call Rob Lopes here uh, shortly and discuss the tire situations, but. Uh, you know, the the lack of practice, the fact that the 88 team uh, was penalized by NASCAR, which led to the the crappy pit selection, their pit stall that we got, uh, and, and boxed in by Biffle. Uh, all of those things sort of played into this. 
And uh, when you talk about these handling issues and the the fact that he was so loose, and then you know, and so uh, so concerned about not not messing it, not not dialing it back out, um, I think all of this is a d- direct uh, result of the lack of track time they had going into this race. I think you're right, and at the end of the day, it's a little frustrating because if you don't have the issues, you think, man, what the 48 did is exactly what the 88 could have done. Uh, at the end of the day but the other part it was really cool to see how he rallied twice and how the team rallied from those issues and maybe i'm alone in this i know that you guys have always kind of poked at me for for being a 48 fan behind the 80 behind the 88 of course but they are that's that's the team i cheer for if the 88 can't win i want to see the 48 win and i've always been uh, somebody that really admires jimmy johnson to see him track down joey logano there and steal the win i mean kislowski and steal the win from him the way he did, I just thought was awesome. I, I the, the way the move he made on him uh, to track him down for lap after lap and close in and get that victory, maybe I'm alone. Maybe I'm the only person that, that feels that way, but I thought it was pretty cool. I don't think you're alone, and if people are being honest with themselves, uh, considering who he was passing, they were cheering. They were cheering for Jeff Gordon last week. They were cheering for Jimmy Johnson this week. Junior fans, you got to look at yourself in the mirror. And admit who you were cheering for. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, Amanda, did we have any reaction theater calls of people admitting it, owning uh, it? We got one lady we're going to play. One lady. Oh, okay, good. Man. At least one person. I'll admit okay. it. I was cheering. I was screaming at my TV. You were? I was, yes. too. I was, too. For, I mean, you know, listen. selfish reasons, but. If, if, if Junior <laughs> cannot win the race, I want to see somebody that's part of his organization win it, especially the forty-eight. Uh, they've gotten to be obviously really close, Mike. I mean, you can speak to that in the last couple of years. And oh yeah, and so yeah. it was uh, it was cool to see one of the Junior's buddies and his teammate win again on Sunday in Texas. I know another guy that's probably happy, Mike, is probably the tire guy that uh, one of his uh, teammates in the same organization won. Let's speed dial. Speed dial. On the line, we have our tire specialist on the number 88 team, Rob Lopes. And let me just tell you something. I texted Rob. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about tires. And I said, hey, can you come in or can you uh, call us for an interview? And Rob's reply was that he's on the road with Trucker Squigs. He's in the 88 hauler en route to Phoenix. Rob, where are you guys right now? Hey, Mike, we are uh, a little west of Sweetwater, Texas, in amongst all the windmills out here on I-20. Nice. And you're riding shotgun? Yes, I am. I, I'm riding shotgun with old trucker Squigs, and we are headed westbound to uh, to the next to last race of the year in Phoenix. Have you ever done this? Is this your first time yes. doing this? Yes. I, I actually ride in a truck uh, often with Squigs, and this is probably the, I think it's the third time I've done this trip with him. Wow, this is interesting. All right, so I got to ask, are y'all carrying a winner? I mean, I know you're a winner. I'm saying, are you carrying <laughs> something in the back that's a winner? I, I believe we are carrying this week's winner in the back. It's sitting, it's sitting up there all snug as a bug in a rug, and <laughs> ready to get on the racetrack when we get there. So, Rob, obviously you're the tire specialist of the 88 team. There were several, ty- t- several teams that experienced tire issues on Sunday at Texas. We were one of them. Were you guys able to determine why our tire went down? Well, I think we had a we had a right front issue with our, uh, you know, early in the race. Uh, I mean, Texas is a pretty abrasive racetrack, and it, you know, it's and it's been known to be tough on tires. And every time we go there, it, I mean, it's a tough place, and there's a lot of speed there. And uh, you know, like uh, you know, like I know, our man likes to run the run the top, and. When you get a lot of weather like we experienced there on Saturday, a lot of rain and all that, and there's not a lot of rubber up there, that makes it harder on the tire. And I think when uh, when our man Dale got up to the top and was basically hauling the mail running through the field, I think it wore that right front out on us a little bit. And, uh, I mean, it cost us a little bit. It didn't hurt the car, but we just wore the right front out because he got up to the top and there wasn't that much rubber up there yet. And as the day went on, things got better. That's because the track took rubber. But, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody seemed to have a little bit of trouble, or at least most anyway. I shouldn't say everybody, but most had some trouble with the tires there. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point, and I was going to ask you about that, because when you see multiple tire issues, then, uh, you know, fans automatically want to jump on Goodyear. 
and I don't know that that's necessarily fair in this case because yesterday not everyone was having the same issue. Uh, the fours issue had a cut, um, and I know that ours might have been a cut, but you know you you could start seeing the cords and, and whatnot. So. Like I was going to ask you, what do you take away from that? You might have just answered the question, but is, is it the ex, the extreme stress that we're putting on the tires? Could it be debris on the track, or as you put it, just an abrasive racetrack? I mean, all those things seem to may seem to factor into these issues. Is that right? Yeah, I, I mean, there's multiple reasons for it. Uh, the four experienced a couple different cuts. Uh, also, I you know when you start seeing, especially when you start seeing a lot of left rear issues. I mean that. A lot of time, that's a mechanical thing. I mean, these cars, the tolerances are so tight on them as far as the wheel to the fender opening and as far as the travels go. And, you know, you've got everything so tight tolerance-wise. Not And you go ahead and couple that with not having any practice on Saturday. Right. And, you know, you've got teams trying to max everything out. And, you know, perhaps they uh, you know, they got a little close on the left rear, rubbed a hole in it maybe. Um, you know, some of them here again, like you said, some of them were cut. I mean, you know, there's debris on the racetrack, you know, with a lot of incidents, and, you know, I mean, things happen. The four-car experienced a couple cuts, you know, like had a, a screw go through the tire, you know, or a bowl or something like that. I mean, there's a lot of different things that can happen out there. Sometimes contact causes a cut, too, and, and I mean, you can't, just, you can't just look at it and just lay the blame on Goodyear. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into that. And then you go ahead and couple the high speeds and the abrasive racetrack, I mean, you know, and there's a lot of things that are going on out there, and, you know, it's just not one thing. And if it was just, you know, a tire issue, whereas the tire wasn't suited for the racetrack, you would, it would, the problems would be a lot more widespread through the field. I mean, and granted, you know, there were several teams that had some issues, but not everybody had issues. Yeah, you know, I think it had a lot to do with the weather. Uh, you know, the fact that you brought up the point that you didn't even have practice on Saturday. I'm curious, though, Rob, as the tire specialist, that's something you're paying attention to. Do you go to Greg, or do you guys have conversation, like, if you are unable to get practice in? What red flags come up to your, to, into your mind that is something that you might want Greg to pay attention to, or Dale Jr. even, for that matter, going into a race on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, Greg and I, you know, we talk a little bit about it. I mean, the biggest conversation we had was, was uh, I mean, we get quite a few sets of tires for Texas. I mean, Goodyear or NASCAR a lot sucks. 12 sets for the race there and since we didn't have practice that meant we had tires sticker tires left over from our practice set now we also try to you know at the same time you're trying to uh, moderate your costs so there was a lot of conversation involved with nascar and the other teams and tire specialists and that as far as how are we going to absorb these tires or how are we going to accommodate the teams and be prepared for what's ahead in the race so what what NASCAR allowed us to do was to carry over two more sets of stickers into our race allotment, which gave us 14 sets of tires to use for Sunday. And uh, as, as you watch the race, the early part of that race, it looks like we were going to get through all 14 of them. Um, it worked out as we got some longer green runs later. The track got a lot better because it took rubber. And, and we ended up only, you know, and it, a lot of that depends on the way the costs fall. And we just took, a, like I said, the track took more rubber and, things calmed down the runs got longer we only we only used 10 sets <laughs> wow I mean, that sounds, I mean that's quite a bit but you know there's there was potential for uh, things to be a lot more hectic on pit road and getting back to what you were talking about with talking with greg i mean that was a conversation that we had as far as how many sets we're going to have how we're going to manage our tires you know and the and the obvious things of what we need to look for and i mean and it's in our notes as far as you know we always tend to wear right fronts out here and you know, you really have to pay attention to that. You know, you got to really pay attention to your setup. You can't get real aggressive on the cambers. And that's where the teams have to take responsibility. And you're putting so much, you know, so much extreme uh, pressure on these tires, trying to get it to go as fast as you can. Texas is already a super fast racetrack. And so I just – that's why I was wondering from your perspective, you know, what all was going on into Sunday's race, and you've explained it well to us. i got one more question for you, Rob. What what is the communication like between Goodyear and the teams during a race when this stuff is going on? Goodyear does a very good job at uh, checking in with the teams during the race, and I mean even, and I give them credit because it's the same no matter where we are. Whether there's tire issues, whether there's no tire issues, I mean, you know, like I'll use Talladega for an example because that track's pretty easy on tires. You don't you tend not to tear them up there. You don't hurt them really bad, uh, and you don't use a lot of them. 
And when there's a pit stop and you pit for two tires or four tires, they will come by and, you know, they want to see what the tires look like that are coming off the car. And they want to make sure that everything's okay. And then you go back to, you know, you have a day like uh, like uh, yesterday in Texas where, you know, there's a lot of issues, you know, for a lot of different teams and a lot of different kinds of issues. And Goodyear's on top of it. They come and they look at everything and want to see what kind of problems there are, if there are any. You know, and, and they will tell you, you know, hey, yours looks about the middle of the road compared to everybody on pit road or yours looks the worst or yours looks the best. They will give you the information. I mean, obviously, there's some things that they're not going to tell you that, you know, if they know air pressure numbers or camber numbers or anything from other teams, they're not going to give you that information, but they will tell you, yes, your tires look better than most or yours look worse than most or yours are average. You know, you have nothing to worry about or you need to keep an eye on this. I mean, they're, they're very forthcoming with the information because they have a lot at stake as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're in the business of manufacturing and selling tires, and they use they use the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series as, you know, as a medium to help do that. So there's a lot at stake for them as well. I mean, you know, they want they want to show the world that their product is number one, and, you know, I think they do a great job at managing that. I agree. Uh, really, uh, I'm, I'm curious, has Trucker let you get behind the wheel yet? Uh, no. Uh, he's, he's, he's holding a pretty wheel right now. We're just easing across <laughs> Texas. Um we're just kind of just taking it easy. We're in no rush to get there. I mean, we've got plenty of time, so we're just kind of – Trucker Squiggs has got it well in hand, and I'm just basically his entertainment, let's say. I guarantee you're the entertainment. I got no doubt about that. Well, I tell you what, Rob, you guys be safe. Uh, get that uh, get that car and get yourselves over to Phoenix uh, safe and sound. I really appreciate you explaining this to us, and it won't be the last time, my friend. I can promise you that. Well, I really appreciate you having me on, Mike, you know, and uh, it's always great to talk with you. and. You know, hopefully we're talking about a winner next week. There you go, buddy. Take it easy. All right, Mike D. and Rob Lopes there on Speed Dial. If you haven't checked out the new style Dega in the Signature 88 collection, why not? You need to. <laughs> you can check them out now at spyoptic.com. And the good news, you can receive 20% off the purchase of this new style along with the other shades available in the collection. Just remember to enter Nationwide 88 at checkout to take advantage of the discount. Here we go, Reaction Theater. Hey, this is a big fan from Wisconsin. Uh, great race for Dale Jr., even though he had a little scrimmage with Danica. Who cares? Jr. finished in the top ten. He's doing good. We're going into Phoenix. His teammate, Jimmy Johnson, beat a chase contender, which was freaking awesome. It was huge. It was huge. Anyway, keep it up, Jr. All right, so there we go. Yeah. There's somebody that sounds like they're agreeing with what I was saying. I'm telling you. It it goes back to a theory I have, and I'm right, by the way, so it's more fact than theory. But people, uh, you know, get so worked up over rules changes or whether NASCAR did this. And it all depends. It it uh, It does not matter what the rule is. It matters on who benefited from it and who did not benefit from it. That's and what everybody ultimately, cares about. Yep. And ultimately, if people will just admit it, it's who got passed, who won the race, who didn't win the race, you know, who had to go through torment and, and suffer because people want to see that too. And, it, and ultimately, that's what we cheer for. And everybody's got different drivers. But ultimately, that, that, that's why you can be okay with a restrictor plate race one year and, and not the next year because my guy didn't win it. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And there's no question there are going to be some circumstances in the next couple of weeks that 88 fans – We'll be cheering for and against. That's Who's right. Next? That's Who's right. next? Well, you said on Twitter, if I was cheering for Jimmy Johnson and at the end of the race, I'm supposed to own it. I'm calling to own. I was cheering for Jimmy Johnson. Sometime karma just comes around when you need it. Most <laughs> of all, though, I want to congratulate the 88 team. Dale Jr. busted his ass again driving that car. They didn't give up. Kudos to them. Way to go. There you go. Somebody's owning it. I like I that. It. I love it. Now, that same person is probably not cheering for the 48 to win anymore. No, but, but that's okay. <laughs> season, but, but, unless it's Brad Keselowski or Joey Logano that's in front of him. Yeah, they take him out. Now, if uh, the 88 has to move around or move, say, the 18, hmm, can you imagine the reaction that would get in Phoenix or Homestead? Who knows? Maybe we'll have that situation in the next few weeks. That would be nice. Who's next?
Hey, guys. Wow, crazy day for the 88 team. Uh, fought back hard after hitting the wall there. Great finish. Uh, didn't think that that was going to happen. There is no quit in that team, that's for sure. But I would like to say that that douchebag Joey Logano should take some notes from Jimmy Johnson on how to finish a race at the end by passing leader without take, while they're trying to take their line away. So congratulations to Team Hendrick. Good to see a couple wins here in the last few races after everybody saying that Hendrick was done for the year. So keep going there, Dale Jr. Great job. Hey, did you see Matt Kenseth's uh, tweet after the no. race? No, I didn't. It's similar to what this uh, gentleman just said on the on the uh, reaction theater call. Oh, I want to hear Amanda read Matt Kenseth. Oh, this is good. Tweet. Yeah, don't forget the hashtag. Matt Kenseth said, "Good work, Jimmy Johnson. Textbook pass for the win at the end of the race when someone is trying to take your lane." Hashtag quintessential. <laughs> In other words, that's the way you should have done it, Joey Logano, a few weeks ago. Right. Yep. And that's quintessential racing. He's a little, little bit of a jab there at Brian France. Bit, I don't yeah. think there's any question that that's what that is right there. And that's the way you – and listen, maybe some people like Rex and like fights in hockey or whatever, but that was quintessential. It, it is. That's the way you love to see it. And after the race, Brad Keselowski couldn't say anything. I mean, he, he, was, you know, he was upset he didn't win, but he said, that guy was flying by me. What do you want me to do? Who's next? Well, wow, that was a great race. 88 really come through. But I have a slight uh, suggestion, even though the car was kind of beat up today. But that car really reminded me of the 2013 Homestead car when it would it would kind of be slow to go at the start, but after a couple laps, he'd be up there running next to the wall and passing everybody and smoking them. And I wonder if y'all would bring that car to Homestead because this car is pretty damn fast. It may not work. I don't know. That's just a suggestion from a loyal fan. But Dale, yeah. No 88. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if he'd take that car. That uh, was one of those days, by the way, that he's referring to that was, man, the 88 should have won the race. Yeah, that was, I remember you know, that. Do- Dover was another one uh, in the chase that year Yeah, that uh, they had the best car but, but couldn't get to the front. That but, was a uh, good chase for us with the exception of the first race. That was, in fact, with this point system, yeah, would have won that chase. I tee him up every time uh, on that because he loves that. So frustrating. Who's next? He's got a man crush. Hell yeah. Hate to admit, but... Get him, Junebug. He's got a hard <laughs> rush. Yeehaw! Ain't slowing down. He's got it real bad. Great run. Dale <laughs> makes him so glad. Woo! <laughs> I can't make him smile. Smile like Dale can. He wants to move on and hang out with TJ, too. I want to drown myself (laughs) in a bottle of Diet Dew. He wants to drive that car. He wants to feel that rush. Dale is his number one. He likes him just that much. He's got a man crush. <laughs> you know, the, the second <laughs> verse wasn't as strong as the first. The first was outstanding. It's because Mike dropped off. Yeah, what happened? What, he I was, don't know. Did he run out of I breath or something? Su- submarine Mike drowned in the di- <laughs> diet do it sounded like. <laughs> He did. He was fantastic as the, you know, the background vocals there. And if he's but, drowning, then uh, I have to question his name being Submarine Mike. <laughs> Shouldn't be happy. I just, I can't imagine Amanda when she first listens to these things each week. That's and pretty she, good, though. Yeah. That's that, pretty oh, good. Listen, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. There's listen, no doubt. Submarine Mike's wife can sing, clearly. Yeah. But, man, she his, can, yeah. his drop-ins there are, is what makes that good. And why? But why did they stop? I don't know. We got to get that. That's a that's something we got to get to the bottom of. Why did Mike just drop off in the middle of that song? I mean, because without the woo, that they just uh, you know you lose something. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Who's next? Well, guys, the race just went green, and I already got a complaint to NASCAR here. They're gonna need to swap this race with Martinsville or something because it's open weekend. If I got deer season down here in Texas, and they got a damn race going. This is one redneck that don't miss open weekend at deer season. So that's my only complaint. We got the satellite rigged up here at the camp, and we are watching. So uh, 
If that's the only bitch I have for the day, I guess we'll be doing all right. Give her hell and uh, Dale, yeah. You know what? That's I think there was somewhat sarcasm in that. Maybe not. Maybe that was serious. But in, in, and when you're looking at a schedule, yeah. you do you absolutely look at like if you're in an NFL market, if they're at home, away, you know, traffic, sure. that whole thing. In Texas, you better look at deer season. Yeah, it, it, I got to tell you, I've been to this race a couple of times. I, I it's just it is it, it's awkward that we're still racing in November. I mean, we've been doing it forever. I understand it, but especially in this day and age, it's just awkward. It, it, listen, everybody wants to win a championship, and I wish like hell the '88 had a chance still to win a championship, and I'd be fired up, and all going crazy right now if, if we had a shot. But I guess when you don't have a shot, you're kind of like, all right, well, yeah, I hope not. we can win the rest of these races, but let's kill some deer and get ready for Thanksgiving. You know? Yeah. I mean, man, now I'm worried about Datto. I mean, if that was opening season, uh, opening weekend for deer, uh, and you know, Datto might have been a little conflicted. Sloppy Yellow was there. No, I know. I know. He was. He had those bacon bombs out there. He was doing it. All right, last one. The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. Woo! What a great damn weekend. Team 88 come back. Caught all damn day long. That was fun as hell. Watching Dale Jr. pass all them cars. Got over street. Got to take a selfie with me. Made his damn day. Gave plenty of bacon. <laughs> Plenty of brisket. It was awesome. But one thing that pissed me off this weekend, I looked all over the garage to Tom Madonna. I was going to whoop that ass Texas style. Never could find them, but oh well. I guess it's always in April. Give him hell, Well, you know he's feeling good. Speaking of the devil, there's Dado. I love that guy. Could you I imagine really if he did find Logano in the garage? I wouldn't put him past him to say something. He wouldn't whoop his ass, but he would say something. Yeah. He would definitely. Well, right. Yeah. Right. He would. And you know sure. what? You know what? Logano would be at Sloppy Yellow drinking a beer with him later that night. I mean, because Dado, who, you can't be mad at Dado for a long time. Oh, it would have been you probably sure? really funny what he yelled at Logano. Yeah. I don't think it would You really think menacing. Logano would go drink beer with Dado? I've seen Dado make, uh, make uh, the puniest non-beer drinking people turn into absolute rednecks. I think Dado hmm. could, would be up for that challenge. Guess you, well, I guess Joey would have to ask his dad. Dado, yeah, never mind. listen, Dado's done something. I can't even say it on this podcast. Dado has brought people together at Sloppy Yellow in the infield of Texas Motor Speedway that you would not think oh, I believe possible. That. And I believe I, you'll that. have to just trust me on that. Oh, this isn't a lack of confidence in Dado, I assure you. He is he's make he makes history at Sloppy Yellow. Hmm. Reaction Theater is open 24-7. <laughs> All you have to do is call toll-free 1-855-740-1902 and leave us your voicemail message, and we'll play the best each week right here on Dirty Mo Radio. Hey, what, Amanda, are we are we uh, sending anybody anything? Well, let's, yeah, let's do it. All right, Y'all we got to pick a winner then. we got to pick a winner for some spy swag. I've, you know what? I want to send – let's send something to the guy that uh, was conflicted. He, he set up his satellite – while he was uh, in a tree stand, the at poor the guy camp. hunting. Yeah, let's send it. Let's send him something this week. The one that complained to NASCAR before the race even got started. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that guy. <laughs> All right, we'll send him some. Yeah, Sounds good. there you go. <laughs> Time now for it takes a nation presented by Nationwide. Well, this is a treat for us today on Takes a Nation. We are here, uh, and there's a lot of traffic in our fan store, our retail store here today, and some of the people that are in here are from Australia, and they uh, phoned me. They were on the tour with Stephen Steffen. And they called me, and uh, I came down to meet them. And Pamela and Jeremy, Jeremy. Yep. are here from Australia. And I'm telling you, they're fascinating Australians. Why? Here's one reason. They're very competitive with each other, I've noticed. Is that right? Yes. Because, you're Pamela, where are you from? I'm from Melbourne. And Jeremy? I'm from Sydney. And, and right off the bat, they were telling me which one's better. <laughs> because, you know, Dell Jr. went there several years ago. and uh, But you guys are fascinating because tell us what you've been to. Why are you here and how long have you been here? So we are in the U.S. for a total of about four weeks. And we started off going to Talladega. And that was um, pretty interesting. That was yeah. incredible. That was Absolutely uh, great race. That was that was awesome. The end of the race, maybe not so much, but <laughs> apart from that, it was an awesome weekend. There were people throwing stuff on the yeah. track. Yeah. Now, were you guys 
Throwing no, words only. <laughs> words only. You were throwing words. Yeah. Well, you were like the rest of us then. Yeah. Uh, all right, so go ahead. You were at Talladega. Um, that we were at Talladega, uh, and then we went to Charlotte for a few days, went to the Hall of Fame, went to Whiskey River, um, and then we drove up to Martinsville, um, and we just loved the – we wanted to go to those two races because of the difference in the tracks and right. different type of racing, and we loved Martinsville. Both the race and the place. Yeah. It is awesome. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, we loved it. So uh, Martinsville is probably your favorite then. Uh, it's a short track. I loved you, it. You, you got to love mm -hmm. it, right? Yeah. Wow. If, if you had to pick two races that could have been any more dramatic. <laughs> no hidden. They picked the top two of the year. Right. That's because we were here, right? Is that, did you bring that? Great show. We you did. know, Kenseth would have just passed the guy if if y'all weren't here. But then Ted, he just <laughs> said, "I'm going to wreck him Australian style." Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, he just drilled him. Man, <laughs> okay. Is uh, that what you guys would you guys say? Drilled him? Is that Australian? Uh, we, we, there's a lot of words we said for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was right in front of us too. Was it really? Yeah. And that that's an experience for us hearing how other fans interpret that. Mm. Because to me, straight off, that is, you don't do that. Somebody could get hurt. Yeah. But we don't necessarily, or I don't necessarily have the background to know what NASCAR racing is like. So you're new Culture. to it. Yeah, I mean, I've followed it a bit, but it's it's hard for us. It's on at five in the morning or three in the morning. Right. I never, I didn't even think about the time difference. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. So you know, I've I'm a motorsport fan, so I've watched all categories everywhere. Sure. But not focused on NASCAR because it was the hardest one for us. <laughs> I hear but, you yeah. know, we've we've heard various opinions of some people are like, yeah, eye for an eye. It's fair enough. Other people agree with us and say, look, there's there's ways to go about it. You know, you don't kind of take someone out of the lead of the race when you're nine laps down. That's right. crossing a line for me. Right. But it's really interesting to hear and read all the other opinions. The cultural difference. It, yeah, I can imagine. That's so funny because, like, I would say, you know, you being relatively new to NASCAR and being a guest in our country, I would say that's not indicative of what you typically have. You don't have people nine laps down wrecking people. That's And, and, and hence the reason for a two-week suspension. That's right. Um, which is also unprecedented and uh, in, in something. But that's so interesting that that was sort of your first taste of NASCAR or your second taste of NASCAR, yeah. at least in person. Yeah. Um, and so I don't great. know. I don't know whether to say I'm sorry or <laughs> say no, no, it, hell yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's sport entertainment, and that's the other part of the discussion. You know, uh, we've learned about uh, cautions, debris cautions, and nobody can see any debris Phantom. on the track. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we often debate. You know, the idea of uh, entertainment. Versus, versus sport, sport you know we, these are the same debates that we have almost mm. weekly <laughs> and, and that is why honestly you're th those conversations and those opinions are how dirty mo radio even formed mm -hmm. uh, to give people a, you know an opportunity to tell us what they think and they're, they're all over the board all right so i got Allie, are y'all a couple are no 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 are best friends besties. awesome besties, yep. yeah motorsport awesome. besties yeah that yeah. is so cool that is so cool it is Best friends on a trip to America to watch NASCAR. I mean, there's nothing more NASCAR about that. That's, that's perfect. I love it. Now, you, Pamela, are a lot more, you seem a lot more versed in NASCAR. You seem to have been a, a fan a lot longer. And how did that happen? Um, I think because back home in Australia, V8 supercar racing is our premier form of motorsport, sure. really. And so it's not that different to NASCAR, you know. Um, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I just wanted to, like Jeremy said, we watch all kinds of motorsport. And uh, for me, American sports always been fascinating because it's so different to other types of sports around the world. It's just, yeah, it's just a higher level. I mean, yeah. sport in America is just something else, you know. So, you know, we often debated things like the chase, you know, and the purity of motorsport and all that kind of stuff. So for us, it was sort of, I guess, and just a completely different type of motorsport that we could really sink our teeth into. Yeah. So, yeah, so as Jeremy said, five o'clock most Monday mornings, I get up, watch the race, listen to MRN driving to work, get to work, put on the iPad. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, it sounds like what we do for Formula One yeah, races a lot right. of times. Well, we do that yeah. for Formula One too, right? Yeah. So <laughs> we get the worst it, of all worlds. <laughs> and you bring up VA supercars. I mean, that was one of the things that Dale Jr. became infatuated with when it, when he went to Australia and he became buddies with uh, Paul Morris mm-hmm. and uh, Owen Kelly. And Owen, both that were racing V8 supercars, Owen came back here and started driving a late model for us here at Junior Motorsports mm-hmm. and did that for a year or two. And uh, I know that Owen's now back in Australia. Paul is now driving trucks, stadium trucks. And I, I just a couple of weeks ago, I saw a video online. I think it was on Facebook where there was a GoPro on one of his trucks. And I'm telling you, that stuff is just nutty, which fits Paul Morse to a T, by yep. the way. Yep. I mean, we were yep. like, are all Australians this crazy? Because that's awesome. <laughs> He's a special kind. Yeah. <laughs> He's from Queensland, right? That's where Dale went the most. So He's Queensland, just, guys, <laughs> we know about them. They got a yeah. reputation for yeah. being out there, yeah. right? Yeah. Let me ask you guys about Dale Jr. You're a Dale Jr. fan? Yes. How did you become a Dale Jr. fan, Pamela? Um, I think just the the um, depth of history with his family, obviously his dad. Um, and so everyone knows the Earnhardt name globally. Um, and then when we started watching, or when I first started watching NASCAR, um, yeah, it was just, I guess, I knew his name. I could instantly felt like I had a connection to him over, I don't know, uh, some other driver. So um, that was really it. And then once I got to know him a bit better through watching interviews and whatnot, then he came across super likable, um, relaxed, laid back, and I love his accent. So. Oh, <laughs> and we love yours. So that's, that's, uh, that's cool. I mean, wh- what about his accent do you love? Is it different? Oh, yeah, really. Di- <laughs> I love it. It's just really different. It's just, just no- really cool. Just North Carolina, huh? We, we don't back. get the variety in Australia. No. You get a little bit of variety. You can kind of tell somebody's from way on the other side of the country, but it's all pretty close, and the slang stays pretty much the same. Gotcha. Across. So we had to – oh, well, I've Googled words like dad gum. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh dang. The, yeah. <laughs> well, I Those are all juniors, uh, junior speak. Those right. are all junior uh, – yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming in here, and it's been a pleasure to meet you. I hope it's not the last time uh, because uh, you guys are a trip, and and we really appreciate how much you support Dell Jr. At 5 o'clock in the morning, Pamela, and getting up there and watching NASCAR, it means a lot to all of us. And Mm -hmm. so it is a true treat to talk to you guys today. Thank and, you. And I'll just read the nationwide thing whenever. Yeah, that's fine. Because, of course, I never bring it down here. So it's uh, it's a privilege to be here. We really thank you so on much. Pamela could look just. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, what stingers do you want? Do you want us to do anything? Yeah, okay. Well, let, I mean, you, you just gave us the idea. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Pamela, this is the uh, Takes a Nation segment presented by Nationwide. I'm assuming you know what the Nationwide jingle is, right? I do. All right. Let's, do. let's hear it. Give us Give us your best. Nationwide, no, I'll do it again. Nationwide is on your side. Perfect. It's so good. In Australian, oh. they're on your side even in Australia. <laughs> Did you know that? I think that they need. A, she needs to replace Jana Kramer. I think so too. <laughs> I tried. They didn't. T- yeah, they didn't, they like didn't my take edition. Mike. <laughs> I tried, but you know, you're way better. We than always, I am. you know, I said a joke to Jez when we walk back in the airport at home. It'll be like, oh, that Australian accent, you know, it's so harsh. No. We come here and everyone's like, love your accent. No, keep talking. Yeah, yeah, keep talking. We want to hear more. We yeah. want to hear more. Nah. <laughs> yeah, nah, we, mate. We nah. T- we, we're, we're joking amongst ourselves being real Australian, you know. Our thing is to say, yeah, but nah. Yeah, but nah. <laughs> like. <laughs> That's right. And hey, Junior Nation members, did you know that you can get a special discount when you switch to Nationwide? All you got to do, call 877-697-2246. Or visit nationwide.com forward slash junior nation. That's JR Nation. Don't spell out junior. JR Nation for more information. And don't forget, Nationwide is on your side. Here's what's coming up this week on Dirty Mo Radio. Tomorrow, Kelly is joined by another old friend of the Earnhardt family, Andy Petrie, on Fast Lane Family, presented by Wella Professionals. Thursday, Regan Smith is back. Tune in as Regan and Heath White look ahead to the final two races of the season on Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's Pale Ale. Remember, you can always catch Dale Jr.'s at-track press conferences on said Jr. presented by Nationwide. Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are available free of charge 24-7 on DaleJr.com, iTunes, and all major podcasting outlets. All right, let's throw the white flag. White flag right there, white flag. Oh, man, y'all are quick on that trigger there. I got to find it here. I'm having to do it from my phone. This is going to be complicated. All right, you ready? 
Ready. <clears throat> sort of an easy week for Dale Jr. as he is back in the tree stand. See, Dale's not conflicted. There you go. <laughs> he knows where he belongs. That gives us a chance to tell you less about what Dale's going to do this week and more about what you're going to do this week. You got me? All Ready. Right. First, Dale Jr. tweeted a link to a video last Wednesday that showed him giving four unsuspecting fans a thrill ride in the number 88 Goody Chevrolet at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Now, he did this for several reasons. One, he wants you to watch the video and, you know, get the clicks up. Two, he wants to, you to be next year's winner. All right? That, that could be you. Think about the stories you can tell your friends there. Bobby, you a lying SOB. You didn't ride with Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yes, I did, Larry. Yes, I did. All right. Go to ridewithdalejr.com. Watch the video and enter to win. It's for a limited time only. So, again, that web address is ridewithdalejr.com. It costs you nothing. All what right. if their name is Fred? Fred can do it, too. Okay. But you, right. everybody knows Larry's are hard to, you know, they're, they're no good rascals. If you know a Larry, you know they're probably a problem. I think Larry Mack's pretty good, cool, but that's what you think. You know, he's a Bama boy. He is. He is. I'm not Larry Mack. All right, fine, Taylor. Not Larry Mack. All right, here we go. Also, here's another. I remember back in 1975. Never mind. You didn't ride with Dale Jr. (laughs) Yeah. All right, uh, here's another chance for you to win something. Taxslayer.com is giving away one special edition T-shirt per day for 88 days. 88 days. 88 dazes. Dazes. <laughs> These aren't for sale. I mean, I know you want them to be for sale, Taylor, but they're not. Only 88 people will have one. 89 if you count Dale Jr. These are shirts that uh, feature the 2016 Tax Slayer paint scheme. But they're vintage style, just the way Jr. likes them. Go to taxslayer.com backslash 88 days. 88 days. That's 88 days there, Taylor. That's how you enter. Or just go to taxlayer.com and follow the links. That'll get you there, too. Are we in the middle of the 88 days already? We're in the middle of it somewhere. Okay, Uh, so. And and tell me again what I win. A T-shirt. that vintage style. You cannot buy it anywhere else, and it's really good looking, and Dale designed it. Larry, you did not win a T-shirt. Yes, I did, Bob. Yes, I did. But, Larry, (laughs) you don't even wear (laughs) T-shirts. Both the NASCAR Xfinity Series and NASCAR Sprint Cup Series head to Phoenix this weekend. No, they don't, Larry. Yes, they do. Hey, Bill, shut up. Shut up. I'm trying to read this white flag. Dang it. Junior Motorsports will have three cars entered in Saturday's Xfinity race. Regan Smith, Chase Elliott, and Casey Kane. I don't like Casey Kane. Dang it. We'll be going for Team Junior. That race is on Saturday, and you can watch it on NBC Sports Network. Then on Sunday, race number 35 of the season, the Quicken Loans race for Heroes 500. Hey, have you paid that loan back yet, Larry? My God, front row Joe's always in the back row. Mind your own business, Bob. All right, you can catch that race on NBC, Motor Racing Network, and Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. Dale Jr. will be easily identifiable. He'll be the one driving the blue and white number 88 nationwide Chevrolet. Hopefully, out, hopefully it's out front. Hopefully, yeah. Rob Lopes gets it there in one piece, and that's all. That is the white flag, and that is the Dale Jr. download presented by Spy. Of all the downloads we've done, this has been one of them. This has uh-huh. been a download, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for Dale Earnhardt Jr., for Amanda Wolfmeyer, for Mike Davis. And Larry! And for Lopes... And for everybody else that made this podcast possible, for Bill, for Larry, for Bob, I'm Taylor Zarzer. You've been listening to the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spot. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of The Download. Now, as we've told you, the Signature 88 collection has a new style. It's called Dega. Go check it out. It's got different colors. You can choose your color frame. It's a pretty awesome style. Dale worked really hard on it, and he really likes it. I hope you guys will like it, too. Now, when you go to spyoptic.com, you decide to make a purchase. Don't forget to enter code NATIONWIDE88 at checkout so you can get 20% off that purchase.